All right. Uh, we talked about attitudes. <clears throat> we talked about words. Now we've been talking about actions. Amen. We've been talking about actions. Uh, one of the things we talked about last week is uh, do we attack or belittle our spouses or when we're talking to people, uh, do we attack or belittle them when we are in a conflict? Isn't, isn't it amazing that the moment we get into a conflict, we feel like we have to belittle someone or make them feel, <coughs> make them feel, you know, less than a human being, if you would. Amen. And oftentimes it happens. It happens in relationships. It happens uh, in arguments. And what we're learning to do, saints, we're learning how to have healthy conflict. Amen. Now listen, you can get into an argument, but it can turn out for the good. Amen. All right? And so uh, then, I, then, I, then we talked about, do you repeat yourself? Now, let me, let me get to that today. <clears throat> do you repeat yourself over and over to force your opinion and your point of view? Go to Matthew chapter 6 for me. Amen. You know, do you force yourself and your opinions over and over again? No, no. How can a person become that stubborn? Lord Jesus. Boy, y'all making me laugh this morning. Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> Is that 6? <clears throat> Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. All right, now, let's go back and let's look at the context. Now, he talks about practicing righteousness, giving to the poor in prayer. He says, and when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues, verse 5, and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their inheritance, their reward in full. But you, when you pray, look what he says, go into your what? Inner room. See, a lot of what, what can happen in our relationships, if we were to exercise the power of prayer, Amen. If we were to exercise <laughs> the spiritual discipline of prayer, there's nothing. I had someone talk, ask me the other day, Pastor, it don't seem like the prayer is working. Amen. Now, I, I, I beg to differ. Sometimes God has already answered. We just don't like his what? His answer. Amen. We just don't like the answer. The answer is, hey, this is how it is. And oftentimes, amen, we struggle with God's answer because, and I want to say this to you real quick. Here's, here's, here's something to learn about God answering prayer and God's will. Here's something to learn for you. It's never going to be the way you want it. That's how you know that it's God that answered your prayer. I'm going to say it one more time. If you ever want to know if you're in the will of God, it's never going to be what you want and how you want it. It will always be the opposite. All through scripture, you'll see, right? The way up, okay, is start from, is down. Amen, humility. And so oftentimes when you look through scripture, you'll see <laughs> that God, amen, God operates differently than us. 
And so the very thing that we're asking God for, come on, help me somebody. Amen. It's the very thing that God will not give you. Amen. Or he'll give it to you in his time. Do I have anybody? Amen. He'll give it to you when? In his time and in his way. God is not a man that he should lie. Amen. And so God doesn't need anything. But when we get into these difficulties and when we get into these uh, situations in our marriage, uh, I'll take it, I guess. Thank you. Uh, When we get into these difficulties in our marriage, what usually happens is our actions and we press the point just like in praying, right? Watch, Watch what the text says. He says, close the door and do what? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Isn't that an interesting insight into prayer? What's what's interesting about that insight? Huh? What? Yes, but God sees in secret. I don't think. I don't think. He, see, oftentimes when we pray. People say, people say to me all the time, oh, I pray in my own way. Everybody prays in their own way. But the Bible says, this is how you ought to pray. What you ought to do, find you a prayer closet. Make you a prayer closet. Amen. We got a, we got a movie room. We got a, come on somebody. You know, when we build a dream house, we got a movie room. We got a sun room. We got a, <laughs> you know what I mean? We got a sitting room. We got a. Whatever room you want to make, but have you made a place, come on somebody, where you can meet God? Because let me tell you something about marriage. Amen. All right. You're going to need a whole lot of prayer. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Single people like, I'm glad I'm single. Shoot. You just argue with yourself. Amen. Watch what he said. He says, he says, your father who sees in secret sees what is done in secret, will reward you. See, that's the key. The key to to handling conflict, I believe, is understanding how to get to that secret place. Amen. And pouring out before God. Amen. Look what he says. He says, and when you're praying now, do not use what? Meaningless repetition As the Gentiles do. For they suppose, watch this now, and it's the same thing in conversations. Watch this. We do this with God, but we also do this in our relationships. Watch this. Suppose that they will be heard for their what? Come on, somebody. We think some reason that if we keep repeating and forcing our will and keep repeating, keep repeating the same thing, that we will be heard, but nobody's being heard. How can you be heard when everybody's screaming? Come on, somebody. And and look, and watch this. We're not talking, we're not speaking words of meaning. We're we're being mean. Come on, somebody. And we're, we're pulling down with our words rather than building up with our words. Now watch this. Now he's talking about this is how the Gentiles do. Okay, watch this. The Gentiles had a, had a habit 
of going before God and thinking that if they keep repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again, just to be heard, that somehow God was going to answer. May I say this to you? If you want to see God answer your prayer for you, amen, you have to be very strategic in the words that you use when you open your mouth and say, Father. I don't know about you, but I've prayed for things. And I've seen God work on my behalf. Because I was very strategic about my prayer life. Amen. And, and what I did not do is I did not force my will upon God. Amen. What I said was, God, your will be done. Do I have anybody? And, and, and he says, he says right here, he says, for they suppose that they will be heard. And so when it comes down to conversations now, amen, do you repeat yourself over and over to force your opinion and your point of view? Amen. That's a good question. Number two, right there, right under that one. Do you dominate a conversation by the number of words you use to attempt to overpower your mate's point of view? Same thing. Same, same, same scripture. Same thing. Right? When we feel like we're talking, 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 sometimes it's just good to listen. Amen. And if you really listen, but don't listen with anger. Don't listen, but okay, all right, I'll just listen to you. You know how, you know how we do. Come on, y'all. Y'all know how we do. Amen. That's okay. I, I just, just to shut you up, I, I, I'm going to listen to you. Amen. And that's, that's, that doesn't solve anything. It doesn't fix anything. See, this stuff right here, if you put it to practice, you will begin to see something. Amen. We discovered something uh, yesterday in our marriage summit. That there are seasons in your marriage. But if you don't understand those seasons, and I gave them, I gave the, uh, the participants of that workshop, of that summit yesterday, a clue to understand the different seasons. See, you got to know what season you're in. Amen. And, and also, you got to know what season you're in in your personal life. Amen. And, and not only that, but, but look what he says next. Do you shift? The blame to what? To someone else or to other circumstances when you find, when your faults are revealed. Amen. No, that ain't me. No, uh-uh, that's them. You ain't never wrong. Amen. You, you are Mother Teresa. You know what I mean? You are, you are, sa- you are a saint. Yeah, I mean, you are a saint, but I'm saying you so holy. You, listen, you can't do no wrong. Amen. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Let's, let's look at the saga. And this is the thing that's been going on forever. It's going on even now. Started in, started in the garden. You, you know where the first temptation started? Huh? Huh? In the home. The garden was their home. Where do you think Satan want to bring conflict? Your battle is not out there. Your battle is probably at home. Oh, come on, help me somebody. And and listen, and Satan knows how to get in. Amen. He sure does. Look at it for me. Genesis chapter 3. 
Let's look at um, let's look at the saga. It, it began right here. Number. Let's look at verse one. It says, "Now the serpent was more craftier than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made." And he said to the woman, "Indeed, watch this now. Indeed, Leah, give me a little bit. Indeed, has." God said, you, will, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said. Now notice, now you may want to underline that in your Bible because God didn't say that. See, what we do, see, this is why it's so important if you're going to learn how to handle difficult relationships, if you're going to learn how to handle difficulties in life, you have to learn the word. And many, a lot of us don't really know the word. We say, oh, when praises go up, come on, blessings come down, right? Am I right? Right? That's nowhere in Scripture. You cannot find that in Scripture. If you can find that verse, I'll give you a million dollars. Can't find it. Somebody going to go look. <laughs> go ahead and look. It's nowhere. Now, I can't allude to it. It's nowhere in Scripture. Where two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. What do you think that Scripture means? Where two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. What, what have you understood that to mean? Y'all talk back to me this morning now. Huh? What'd you say, Deacon? Right. So we have a prayer meeting. God is here. God is right here with us right now. We're two, we have more than two or three people here today, right? God is there in the midst. And that's not what that scripture means. That scripture is in the context of discipline. That when you find a brother who's sinning, you bring him, you restore him, and then God is in the midst as a witness that the brother has repented. See, we don't know scripture like we think we do. And I believe that as believers, that's what we have to learn to do. We have to learn how to correctly and accurately divide the word of truth. See, because what we'll do is, like Eve, we will add Meaning, come on, help somebody. Let me help somebody. You know what that word, that word means? Let me tell you what that word, that classification is. That's to eisegee scripture. And to eisegee scripture, what you're doing is adding to the scripture. To exegee the scripture is where you're drawing out, watch this, the meaning of the scripture based upon its historical, grammatical, systematical study of the word of God. Amen. I know I'm using some big words today, but, but it's okay. You, 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 I'm trying to give you a little meat this morning. Amen. <clears throat> I know it's Sunday and it's nine o'clock in the morning. I understand all that. Amen. But, but to read into scriptures where Eve missed it. Watch this now. Oftentimes that's what we do with scripture. We say, well, you know, God did, you know, he ain't gonna mind. And, and, and look, it cost Eve. Oh, I wish I had somebody. 
And that's the reason why we are where we are now. That's why we have sin. That's why we have death. That's why, that's why sin is reigning in our mortal bodies now because Eve changed one word and one meaning. And then here we are now. This is why it's so important for you to be a student of the Word of God. Now, if you don't have a study Bible, I recommend that you get one. Amen. Because if you're going to learn, now watch you say, well, how, how does this tie into conflict? How does this tie? Well, here's the thing. If you learn the Word of God, then you'll know how to obey it correctly just as God has told you to do it. And to understand the word of God suggests something. That number one, you're saved. Number two, that you have the Holy Spirit. Number three, that you're maturing. You're growing as a believer. Amen. You're not just relying on external sources. You, rely, you, can, you can rely also on the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. Are you with me? And the more words you get into you, Watch this. The more mature you become, then you start leaving all that childish arguments alone. Come on. You're not arguing about who left the door open. You see what I'm saying? You're not arguing about who left the paper right there. You know what I mean? And when you do have a disagreement, you can handle it, watch this, biblically. Amen. And a lot of people that tell me stuff, they're really good at giving every, I, I see this all the time. They're really good at giving everybody else advice. Let me tell you what God, let me tell you what God meant about that. But when it comes down to their own life, what'd you say? They can't do it. How is it that we're good at telling everybody else? Ezra 710 is my life verse. I was thinking about that this morning. It says, Ezra set his heart to study, to practice, and then teach. And let me tell you something. I don't get it right all the time. But my mission in life is to practice this thing before I even bring it to you. Amen. And I believe that we all have to have that mindset that if I'm going to tear up, listen, I don't talk on things that I haven't mastered yet. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't speak on subjects that I'm not doing at home. I don't come telling you what you ought to do when I don't know. I, I'm not even doing it. Amen. But sometimes God will have me teaching subjects that I need to work on. And as I'm preaching my way through it, it brings a heightened awareness to me to start doing it. Y'all with me? Amen. Go ahead. Well, use the one I recommend. Yeah. You have the, you, do you have the MacArthur? Yeah. I would, I would, I would stick to the MacArthur. Stick to the MacArthur. It's, it's clear. It's concise. Until I write my own. And you can do that one. Amen. Because I'm going to write one one day. Amen. We're going to do that too. Amen. Somehow, somewhere, we're going to get it done. All right? <laughs> All right. But let's get back to what she said. She said, God said. I just want to emphasize that because sometimes, can I say something about this real quick? Just to bring it, make it real close. Sometimes when we get into arguments with our spouse, well, the Bible says, 
<laughs> you ought to submit. But you got it out of context, bro. You follow what I'm saying? That ain't what it means like that. <laughs> the Bible says, you follow what I'm saying? And what we do is we shoot these scriptures to our spouse for our convenience for control. Come on, somebody. And then we are now isogeeing the scripture just like Eve did. Now look at this. Eve responds back. Amen. Right? Verse 2. God said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. God never said that. That's where Eve missed it. Now watch this. When you look at Jesus being tempted in the garden, what do you think Satan did to, 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 to when he came to Jesus? Do you think he came to Jesus uh, left side, you know, uh, blindsided? No, he didn't come to him blindsided. First, he, first Jesus, every, every, every part of that temptation, what did Jesus do? Jesus quoted scripture back to Satan. Now, let me help somebody with something here. You're going through something right now, but you ain't pick up their word. You ain't even pick up the word to say, you know what? Let me see what God says about this. And Satan, no, nah, uh-uh. This is what God says about this. Now watch this. After he used scripture, then Satan showed Jesus that he knew scripture. Isn't that something? So can I ask a question? Just, just a hypothetical. Not a hypothetical. Just a question. Hypothetical. Well, not just a question. Does Satan know more scripture than you? Just a question. Why would you let him outdo you? Now, he doesn't believe it. He uses it, but watch this. The scripture that he quoted to Jesus, guess what he did? He took it out of context. And when he took it out of context, let me tell you what he did. He took away the power of it all because guess what? It had no meaning then. Because if you keep reading, he quoted Psalm 90 to Jesus. And if you read the end of uh, Psalm 90, he says, I will crush you under my feet. See? So if Satan knows the word, oh, come on, help me somebody. Then we ought to make it our duty. That, that, that baby, you know what? We're going to handle this situation. Let's see what the word says. Let's see what the Bible has to say about it. Well, don't be put, bringing up no Bible to me. See, that's, that's where we end up. That's where we end up. Don't, don't be quoting no scripture. I got a pastor. Oh, whoa, whoa, Keep chill. Let's read together. Let's see what the word really says about this issue. And let's see if we can walk through this thing together. Come on, help me somebody. What does the Bible say? Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So if you're just feasting on physical food, but not spiritual food, no wonder why you're always arguing. Period. Listen, I want to tell you something. As a believer, if you're not growing spiritually, you're going to consistently have issues. 
Amen. But watch this. But as a growing believer, you'll know how to handle the issues. See what I'm saying? There's a difference. Right? So as you lead your family spiritually, they begin to learn the word and then they learn to respond. Watch this. Biblically to all situations. Because you're no longer of the world. See, and I believe that that's where the incompatibilities are coming in. That some of us are still trying to be, to be friends with the world. Amen. And then we got one foot in the kingdom and one foot out. And it's kind of like a struggle. And that's what you call a carnal Christian. Amen. A Christian that's saved, but they're struggling with their spirituality. Now, if you doubt this, then we got to go back to the drawing board. Look what he says. Verse 4, the woman said to the serpent, you, shall, you will surely will not. So the serpent said to the woman, what? You surely will not die. Now, let me say this about Eve. Eve was one. See, sometimes we want to hear things. And, and guess what? I mean, you know, Satan will tell you exactly what you want to hear. That's why I say, if you really want to know, like, what you're praying for, if it's God, it'll always turn out the opposite. But you will eventually end up right to where you want to be. Because, because, watch this, because God, amen, understands that Satan just simply wants to make promises to you that he'll never keep. Listen, he's a liar. And the Bible says, and in his nature, he's a liar. So you know what that means? Satan can never tell the truth. <laughs> never. <sighs> Even on his best day. Even on his worst day, he can never tell the truth. So he'll always present a lie as the truth. You heard about the frog and the, and the scorpion, right? Right? The frog was trying to get over to the other side. The scorpion said, hey, man, let me catch a ride over to the other side. He said, man, what makes me think you're not going to sting me? He said, man, if I sting you, we both going to drown. He said, all right, hop on my back, let's go. Got in the middle of the stream, and you know what the scorpion did? He bit him, stung him. He, you know, the frog said, man, why did you do that? He said, it's in my nature, man, it's in my nature. <laughs> all right, and that's, he was, he was willing to take it, take it all, doesn't matter. And that's how Satan goes out. He goes out, he doesn't care if he has, if he looks bad. Come on, help me somebody. He doesn't care. He, he doesn't care. But he knew that he was destroying, he was about to destroy Eve with words. But she didn't know the word. See, and then she added to God's word. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 5. For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you'll be what? Like God. Knowing what? Good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight in her eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took what? And what did she do? 
Then their eyes were both open, and they knew that they were what? Naked, and they sewed fig leaves. They moved in together. Um, and made, they started shacking. I said, absolutely right. Uh, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Then they heard a sound of the Lord in the, in the, of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to the man and said, where are you? Adam, where are you? Okay. He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, and he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman, there it is now. Let's look, let's look at this now. This is where, this is where it all started right here. Okay. This is where, this is it right here. This is it. This is, this, this is how it goes down. Now it's you. When was the last time you said you were wrong for real? I mean, you meant it and you wasn't. Now, let me say this. When, 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 now, I, I got this thing about people. I understand joking sometimes, right? You know, you talk, you say stuff, right? But I believe to some degree people like to say what they want to say, what they don't want to say. They say what they don't want to say in, with sarcasm and, and trying to be, you know, tell jokes. You find them say, oh, I was just playing. Or you hold him and say, oh, I was just playing. Right? And, and, and I want to say this. <laughs> I want to say this to you. Blame shifting is something that happens a lot in marriages, in relationships. You know, not just Matt, but no, I didn't do it. No, you did. If you didn't do that, I wouldn't act like that. If you didn't talk to me like that, I wouldn't have talked to you like that. And it's a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But it started in the garden. This game has been played a long time. Watch the text. Text says, the Lord, uh, he said, the Lord God, um, where are we at? Uh, verse 12, right? The man said, the woman whom you gave me, gave, now look, notice what he's saying to God. The woman whom you gave me to be with me. <laughs> she gave me from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, well, the serpent did. Uh, the serpent deceived me. See, people always say, well, she was telling the truth. No, she was lying. She was lying in this sense. Take responsibility for what you did. I'm not going to blame the serpent. I'm going to say, you know what? It's because I was, I gave into my weakness. I did it. See? Talking about she telling the truth. No, she blamed it on the serpent. And then the man blamed it on God. <laughs> Amen. And the woman. If you didn't give me, come on, y'all. You know how many married people do this kind of stuff, right? You know how they do this stuff? They do this stuff all the time, relationships. Amen. If I'd never met you, I wouldn't, I would have never, I would, I would have been rich. I'd have had all the things in the world. You don't know none of that. Matter of fact, you got half of what you got because of the one you with. Talking about if I would have never met you. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, it's just how things roll, man. Okay. And, and it's crazy because it's been going on for a long time, but we're shedding light upon it 
so that we can be free. Are y'all with me? Watch the text. The text says, and, and then the Lord God said to the woman, and the serpent deceived me and I ate. And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, what? Cursed are you more than all the cattle and more, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Now, let me say this. You know, snakes used to walk upright before, but the curse put them on their belly. That's how, that's, that's how God operates. All right? Now, verse 15, and I will put what? Enmity between you and the what? See, there is, there's a strife now between the woman and the serpent. Oh, the devil. Oh, man, God didn't put some stuff out here. And between her, your seed and what? Her seed. Now, now here comes the gospel. Right here is the gospel. And he, what? Shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him, what? Now he's talking about Jesus. See the capital H? I, the seed that God was talking about was Jesus. That eventually Jesus would crush Satan. Amen. And that's where you get the first gospel in the Bible. Right? Because, let me say this to you. The only person, the only thing that can fix any disagreements, arguments, distortion, uh, discouragement, uh, whatever it is that you may be facing in your relationship. Yeah, you ever been in a relationship where it, it looked hopeless? Anybody? I'm by myself? No. Yeah. And, so, and, and you know, even yesterday when I'm in our marriage, in our marriage summit, we discovered some stuff. There's some couples out here, man, they're struggling right now. I mean, I, I'm telling you, they're on the verge of this is it. But the gospel, you hear what I'm saying to you? The gospel brings hope. The gospel of Jesus Christ can convert both your hearts and minds. And what seems impossible. See, I love what the Bible says. There's nothing too hard for God. And, and, and let, let me say this. In our humanism and in our human mind, sometimes we look and say to ourselves, it's never going to get any better. But I, 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 uh, I exhort you this morning to turn to the gospel. What is, what is the gospel? Well, let me, let me tell you what it is, just in case you don't know. It is the birth, the life, amen, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can heal any relationship. You want me to tell you why? He says, I came for one reason. Go to Luke 4. I know my time is up. I got one minute. I got one minute. I'm going to preach this on Holy Week Revival. Luke chapter 4. Is that it? Yes.
Luke chapter 4. Yeah. Luke chapter 4. Because I'm preaching about Jesus' ministry. But let me show you, let me show you, let me show you why Jesus came. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And Jesus here is quoting, tell your neighbor, he's quoting scripture again. He went into the synagogue. This is why I believe that, you know, now, now some say it was already placed there as, as that particular reading. But this is what I do every day. Every day I open my Bible, I just open it. Wherever, I, wherever it falls, I read it. I read it contextually. Okay? And I read it <clears throat> over again and over again. That's observation. Okay? Right, Chris? That's observation. Chris is in my Bible study methods class. Uh, I read it over and over again because I'm trying to get better understanding. And every day God has a message for me. But let me show you something about Jesus just in case you think that your situation is so far gone where it can't be fixed. Look what he says in verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is what? Because he has anointed me to what? Preach the gospel to who? He has sent me to proclaim release to the what? Uh-huh. And recover sight to the blind and set free those who are what? Uh-huh. That's what the gospel is for. That's the ministry of Jesus. Jesus came, y'all, so that we could have life and we can live with our spouses, our children, our, you know, significant others and all this other stuff, family members, all this other stuff, and we can live with them in such a way, amen, that it will glorify him.